This is Success Beyond the Score, giving insights and tips to help you learn how to build your music career from the best in the field by Millicent Stevenson. Millicent is a multi-award winning saxophonist and endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads. She is currently serving on the Executive Committee of the Musicians' Union. With over 40 years' experience in the creative industry, Millicent has honed her performance and business skills. She provides personal development training and coaching via her online platform, successbeyondthescore.com. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you're well. I've changed my setup here. I put my notes to this size. If you see me looking that way, that's what I'm looking at instead of that way. And I had a nice um, iPad stand for my birthday yesterday. So I'm really excited. I'm trying it out today. Really, really happy. So I'm hoping you can hear me okay. Um, looks as though my volume might be a little bit too loud. So let me just turn that down one second. Yeah, that seems a bit better, not peaking. Okay, so today is about, do you have a music hobby or a music business? I think this is a really good topic. When I started off many moons ago at school, did some music, left school, did some part-time studies, music was my hobby. And eventually I moved it into a music business. And currently I'm mentoring some women in my Time For My Music course and program what they are doing is transitioning their music hobby into a music business and i thought this would be a really really good topic to speak about to you today because maybe you're thinking about doing this maybe already it is a business but you're not sure if it's quite there or not maybe you're thinking how do i do it maybe you're thinking actually i play music i want to do it full time how do i do that what's the difference well Today I'm going to tell you why you should do it. I'm going to tell you some of the differences and I'll give you one or two tips. Obviously, I'm just trying to keep this into 30 minutes. So I won't be able to tell you everything going, but certainly don't forget to just check out my freebies, 25 secrets of a successful gigging musician, singer, rapper, spoken word artist, and 10 reasons why they will pay you in advance, which is on my website, successbeyondthescore.com forward slash free gifts. All these things is to help you build your music. And of course, if you like the topic, share, 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 subscribe. Would really love that. So I mentioned that in my 20s and 30s, music was my hobby. In fact, I had friends who were making music their full-time occupation. There were guys though. I didn't see many women doing that. Of course, there were women probably did it, but I didn't see many women doing it. But guys actually did this. They made it their full-time career. For me, it wasn't a biggie because well, in my household, music wasn't the thing. You know, I was the first musician in my family and it was very much about just getting a job and getting paid and, and so on. So there was not a push from my family in that respect. And that's not to be disrespectful. That's just the way the setup is. However, I got to about 42 and I thought, you know what? I really want to make a big push on this. I'm going to see if I can make this happen. And I transitioned from hobby to business over a few years. What was a deciding factor? Applying business principles. So immediately I'm telling the answer. Being a hobbyist and being a musician, a full-time musician, business, self-employed, night and day. Very, very different. Let me just spell it out a bit more for you. If you have questions, please put them in the chat. I'm just looking down on my phone. Ah, oh, Michelle, you're back with me today. Hi. 
thank you for the birthday greetings. <laughs> thank you, Sunray. Thank you very much. Okay, so a hobby is fun. It's relaxing. You get in from work, pick up your instruments. That's it. You, you, you're good to go. Your approach to learning is more casual. You do it because you want to do it. And if you don't feel like doing it today, you just don't. You don't have to practice if you don't want to. There's no pressure on that just from your own self. You're not interested in getting paid as a hobbyist, just playing. You know, where I live, I can hear a sax player in his garden or her garden or their garden. That's kind of one of the things about hobbyists. I would say as a hobby, sometimes you do get paid. Sometimes you might do something and someone might give you something for your petrol or whatever. But that is not the focus for you. You're not really interested in getting on stage. You are interested in just enjoying your music, playing your piano or whatever. If you do get asked to play at a friend's birthday party, a family event or whatever, you, you, know, you might do it, you might not. You will just show up, show off and go home. And when I say show off, I don't mean that in a horrible way because as musicians, we all show off. Come on people, we do. That's why we're on the stage, we show off. That's what people like to see and they feel entertained. <laughs> So we show up, show off and go home. That's what the hobbyists do. What about the person who wants to make music full time, see it as a business? What's the difference? Well, firstly, what is a business? A business is about money. Plain, simple, bottom line, it's about money. It's about making money. And any business person will tell you that it's about making money. And for some people, it's about making profit. That's extra money after you've covered all your costs. For other people, it's just covering costs, not making profit, plowing it back in. That's charities. But for businesses, it's about money and handling money. It's commercial. I looked in the dictionary before I did this session and they defined business as occupation, trade, profession. That sounds good because I wanted to do music full time as my profession, become a professional musician. My money I earn pays my bills. The money you earn pays your bills. I get paid a fee. I'm not salaried because I'm not working for someone else. There's different types of business setup. I mentioned charities and, and so on. Um, today I'm really focused on the self-employed, someone who's working for themselves. But the rules kind of cover for all to a point. In a business, you're going to do some bookkeeping, figure out where all your money's gone. You're going to do tax return. Hopefully you do your tax return. As a hobbyist, you don't want to get known. You just want to play your music. For a business, as a musician, you, you need to get known. You need to get known to keep yourself in work. You want to get known because you want to get known. You want to hit the charts or you want to tour or you want to do whatever. This is about pushing yourself out. As a business, you are going to future-proof your music. You're going to really think about the things you need to put in place to make it happen. Now, on my YouTube channel, I did a session two years now for Sound Connections and Trinity Laban in, in London. It was called Future Proofing Your Music. You want to probably go and check out that video. I explain everything there about future proofing. A music business, it's fun. There's days when it's not so much fun. <laughs> when you've got to get ready for gigs and you're a little bit behind learning the music or you've got a customer that's doing your head in or you've got a long journey just to go on stage for an hour or whatever. There's some side of it that isn't that much fun, but the other side that are great. Practicing is more important as a business. You've got to be practicing. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you've got to practice how many hours a day because 
truth of the matter is when you're running your own business you've got to make time to run the business and to practice and to do everything else and you're spinning a lot of plates so but when you practice it's more targeted it's more focused you know what it is you need to do to get that job done you do show up but the thing is you show off then you show up in the business the showing off is not just about who you are but where they can find you and what they see of you before they book you then you show up and say this is me this is my structure this is my business this is what you're going to get from me and okay you gotta pay me <laughs> something like that and then when you finish you go <laughs> if you're a hobbyist it doesn't really matter that much if you're doing French weddings, bookings and things like that. And maybe it has to do a community festival because you're just doing it for free, you're just doing it for fun. But when you want to make a living out of your music, you really need to put it on a business footing. And I know that sounds scary. As musicians, we just want to do our art. You're thinking, how am I going to get it done? I just want to be very truthful. It worked for me. And I think if you speak to any successful musician, they'll be telling you they're applying various business principles to make it all happen. As I mentioned, I applied business, it grew, it's my profession. I had to change my mindset from a hobbyist to a professional musician. And what I'm gonna do next is to really drill down and give you some really clear examples because one of the areas that I've not seen much talked about on the net or anywhere else is business to business work. I mentioned to you about say working for, you know, doing a wedding, which where you're booked by an individual, maybe you do a funeral, you're booked by a family, but business to business is where they book you as a musician to perform at their business organization. So it could be the police, it could be for the council, it could be a travel agent, that's business to business. And I just want to give you some things that they look out for for booking because it's one thing being a, a professional musician but you've got to grow that business and you've got to have a roster of business to business work as well as individual work if you're enjoying it so far don't forget to like share and subscribe and of course don't forget to grab 25 secrets of the successful gigging musician singer rapper and spoken word artist and or 10 reasons why they'll pay you before gig day from my site okay if you want to do work with other businesses, one of the thing is you have to become a business. They're not necessarily going to book you as an individual. And if they do, they're going to be asking you some questions, which you may not be able to answer. And it's not to say you won't get it answered, but it might take you a while to get the documents in place, which means you might lose the contract, have a growth mindset, learn from that, move on to the next time you've got those documents in place. But the first thing, you have to be an entity. My name is Millicent Stevenson, but my business name is also Millicent Stevenson. When they're talking about Millicent Stevenson's saxophonist, I tag the word saxophonist at the end. That helps me to think about myself as a business entity and what I need. Some artists will have a different name just to separate themselves, and that's fine. But you will have to think about yourself as an entity because when they're speaking to you, they're speaking about the business side of you, not you personally, like what you like to eat and what you like to wear and stuff like that. They're interested in your skill. They're interested in your music. It's a bit like supermarkets, you know, Morrison's, Tesco, Aldi, Lidl, you name it. They are 
entities and you know what you get when you go there to shop you have to look at it yourself in the same way that business organization is coming to you because they look at you they like what you do and that's what they want from you so you have to put your personal side aside and remember that they're looking at the business side of you even if you give yourself a different name even if your band has a different name or whatever you come up with you are an entity so it's important to know that that is what they are buying and that's a change in your mindset now when a business comes to you they're looking and they're hoping that you've got structure what do i mean by that they're going to take you more seriously if you can send them a contract they're going to take you more seriously if you can handle their contract because some of them will send theirs they're going to want insurances in place if you're a member of the musicians union in the uk there's some insurances that come in place with your subscription which is really really good they're going to want to know that you've got safe equipment i've been booked for weddings and you know the venue will be contacting me and say your public liability insurance can I have your portable appliance testing certificate? These are things to say that I'm operating safely and also if something happens, I can cover it. You need to have those in place. They want to know where you are, you know. So do you have a business address? Some musicians just use a home address, which is fine. I have a business address because I prefer that separation. They want to know they can find you. They're going to be checking you out. Have you got a website? Where can I find you on your socials? That's really interesting for them. A booking process. You need to create your own sort of process of how you're going to handle the booking. Someone calls you up and say, can I book you? What are you going to send them? What are you going to do next? And that reminds me on my website, successbeyondthescore.com, I do have a course that looks on bookings, how to handle your bookings and what to do when someone calls you, how to get bookings, how to create an invoice, that kind of thing. That's on my store, by the way. Business to businesses, they're looking at that professional image. Okay, if you've got a picture on your website with just you and a t-shirt with a glass of beer on the sand in Marbella or somewhere like that, that doesn't look professional. They're like, nah, I don't think so. Why? Because they have a brand and a reputation to uphold and whoever they work with have got to have the same kind of things they're not going to take that cheesy photo and book you so you're going to have to have some a professional image on your site i am um, like talking about myself a lot but i will say it i will say i am booked because of the way i look not right now guys this is relax me wigs off hats off makeup done not done this is just me being truthful this is the other side of me which is the same side as you but then when I'm in business mode, I'm dressed up and I'm doing business. That's my separation. I know some people say, well, you should walk around looking like you do on stage. No, that's work. Does a doctor walk around with a stethoscope all the time? Does a janitor walk around with his mop and bucket everywhere he goes? No, they don't. So don't ask me to do that. It is my separation from my work. Good grief. But I am booked for how I look. If you go onto my website and then in my platforms, you'll see me in action. I'm also booked because I handle the business side of the business. I have a bookings process, I have a payments process, I have contracts, I have arrangements. And if you have all these things in place, it leads to great word of mouth and recommendation. The third point I should say about working with businesses, other businesses, is that you have a receptacle for handling finance. I think it was in episode two or three I mentioned that I was sorting out some stuff internationally and then COVID happened so I couldn't 
get up there. But because it was a different country, I had to be thinking about how would I handle the financial side and collecting a payment. That's something you have to put in place. How am I going to handle the bookings? Something I had to put in place. But for businesses, they want to know you can handle finances. So very large companies I've worked for West Midlands Police, large organisation, I've worked for Birmingham City Council, I've worked for the Chamber of Commerce in Worcester. They need to put me on their suppliers list, they need to have my bank details, they need to know I can invoice them. Sometimes they want to have a VAT number and if you're a VAT registered they want that, if you're not that's fine. They've got to do their due diligence. You know, I talked about reputation, but from a financial side and handling their money and working with their auditors, they've got to have these things in place to say, yes, I have booked a bona fide contractor. They can receive payments for me and I can send that payment. I'm very conscious I'm saying lots of business words as I'm speaking to you. Very sorry about that. Just put that in the comments. It's something I can respond to. Or you can just Google certain words and you'll get the meanings coming up. I just wanted to raise the whole thing of working with other businesses rather than just working with the individual person because these are things they want. I'd also say don't panic, take your time and build up. When I transitioned my hobby into a business, it took me about maybe five or so years to do it because I was just, you know, hitting my toe on something, falling over, picking myself up, correcting. Okay, like one of the ladies from Time For My Music asked about risk assessment. Well, I've got risk assessment. When did I find that out? When did I come across that? Maybe a few years ago when one of the organizers, ah, it was a Crescent Theatre. Yep, Crescent Theatre doing my first not just jazz show. They said, we need a risk, risk assessment. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> they explained what they wanted. Um, my husband's an electrician, so I was able to talk to him about it and we got the risk assessment sorted, job done. Now I have a risk assessment. So you want to sort of take your time in that way in building your business. I'm just going to see if there's any quests. Hobbies show up and then show off. Professionals show off, they show off. Love it. Ah, thank you, Green Pearl. An entity can you be prevented from using your name or limited in using your name, get in trouble using your name? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, using your name. There isn't any rules about names if you're self-employed in the UK. If you move to becoming a limited company, a limited company is whereby why most people go for a limited company. One is for the tax benefits and two is for if anything goes really belly up and they have to go to court or someone comes after them for monies, then their houses don't go. It's just the business that suffers the loss. As a self-employed person, you suffer that loss. You withstand that loss in terms of, you know, they can come for your house or whatever if you forfeit some loans and things like that. That's what I mean. In terms of a name, the limited company, yes, there are restrictions. And when you decide on your company name as a limited company, they will tell you that name's taken, that name's taken create something else. If you go into signing with a label, I mentioned that I don't really cover labels, but I know a few of my friends who are signed to labels, then you can have restrictions on the use of your name in that. The, the contract might say, you can use your real name on stage, but we own that side of you, so you can't perform anywhere else using your name. That has been written into contracts. And that's why some people just like Beyonce, that's not her real name. That's her stage name. Tina Turner, that's her stage name. There is that sort of separation from the stage name being the name the label owns and your real name being yourself. But as a self-employed person, it's entirely up to you if you want to have a stage name or if you want to use your own name. Of course, if there's lots of John Smiths, I'm just using a common name here, 
you, you may well just want to have something that's a little bit more recognizable i hope that helps green pearl sunray it's like having two sides clark kent and superman yeah it is a bit i, I mean even though i use my own name when I go on stage, I, I become this other person. I, I do have a stage persona when I'm at home with my friends. I like to chill. I think it was yesterday I mentioned to you that I don't like to perform at family events because I am bringing the other side of me into my family world. And for me, I want that separation. I don't want to be working at a family event. So whilst I've done one or two in the past, I, I generally just refused to do them. I remember when my father-in-law passed away and at the funeral, people saying, oh, I thought you'd be playing. Oh, my mother-in-law's birthday party. Oh, I thought you'd be playing. I'm like, no, no, I want to just be family. And they don't get that. They like the entertainment factor. For me, it's work. So yeah, Superman, Clark Kent, I go with that. <laughs> if you have any questions, please put them in the chat. And if you think of things afterwards, of course, please uh, put them in the comments and I will be checking my comments later and I will reply. I think the fourth point to say with business to business, which I've already alluded to before, is visibility. If a business is going to book you, they want to know that you're visible. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be promoting you on stage. I remember doing it for a very large organization and they had me up on the screen, which is fine, but they weren't doing that publicity push for me, which is fine. It's business. It's about their business. But they want to know that you are visible. They will check your website. Last week I was in Worcester playing for Arrange My Escape, wonderful people, great, great, great travel agent who named number one in England and Ireland for their work in the travel agency world. They contacted me and as I was talking to them, you know, I said, well, I'm not sure if you've heard me play or anything. And they said, yeah, yeah, we've checked you out, seen your website, seen this, seen that. They will do their due diligence on you. And if they can't find you, they may not necessarily book you. If they can't see you in action, like on videos, they probably won't book you. In fact, tomorrow I'm actually looking at videos uh, in the podcast, so turn up for that. I'm going to talk to you about the benefits of videoing your gigs and why you should. Visibility is really important. And also visibility is looked, linked to your fee and the amount of zeros they will pay. If you're visible, they can see your work, they can see that you've got track record, they can see testimonials. They're not going to quibble too much about your fee. Very rarely are they going to be like, okay, we can't pay that. Some of them might want to shave if they've got a, a strict budget. Some of them won't. They'll just say that your fee will pay it. So bottom line is if you want to work for other businesses and large corporations and do things like that, they don't want a hobbyist. They want a professional and a person that matches their brand, that works with their brand. Let me just check the chat and see if there's any questions. Right. How do I get good photo for my visibility? <laughs> well, you need a professional photographer or someone who's really, really good with their photography work. But you want to look at their work, make sure you're happy with what they're doing. There are some rules around the size and the pixelation. I do have a podcast that talks about photos. I think it's in my season one. After I come off here, I will put the link in the description so you can go and check that out. But you do need to have good photos, stuff that looks really, really good on the internet you don't want one that when you blow it up it gets all pixelated and grainy and what have you it's not professional and it's a first tell that you're not professional they, they gotta look good 
Of course, there's different qualities. Some photographers will give you lower quality ones for your website, so it loads faster, but it's still quite good um, in terms of when you expand it. I hope that helps, but I'll put a link in there for you, Green Pearl. Okay, um, let me have a look, let me have a look. Right, um, if I want to change my hobby into a business, what would be the first steps I take? The first step I would suggest is get some advice. I would certainly recommend going on a start your own business course. There's generally lots of them on the net for free, maybe at your local college, and it will just take you through all the different setups. I do offer coaching on my website, successbeyondthescore.com. There's a coaching tab. Generally speaking, I think what I did when I decided to make that first transition was to come up with my business plan. I covered business plan a couple of days ago, so check that out. It's not as scary as you think, but you really want to know where you're going, how you're going to get to, that kind of thing. I think that structure is really, really important. There's no sort of magical, I must fill in a form and I now become a business. There's no magical, you just have to decide, I'm now going to be a business and do it at the point where you're earning money. That's the main thing. When you're earning money from what you do, that's the point to sort of think about formalizing what you do and whether you become sole trader or whatever, and obviously then start register for paying taxes. But if you're not earning any money, then I wouldn't class yourself as professional. Yeah, I would use that time to put things in place, to really get your work going and to start putting your cap in the rings in different places. Another question here is what if you are really scared of becoming a business because you don't feel you can handle things like tax? invoicing negotiation yeah i think if you're really scared of that which we all are i mean my advantage was that i did a business and finance qualification before so i, I was comfortable in moving in to business but if you're not comfortable you might want to consider another option whereby you get onto an agency and then the agency take on the bookings and help you with the invoicing or they may have an invoice template you can use and stuff um, as I said, go on a course. You may want to have a family member who can help you, say, with the sales side and handling bookings because that's not your forte. In the early days, for me, I wasn't very good at negotiating my fee and I wasn't good at handling the booking inquiries. I just was kind of petrified of what do I say, how do I do because they want me and what I talk about myself. My heart was really on both sleeves, you know? And so I asked my husband to do it because he was really good at that. Eventually, after a couple of years, my confidence grew. I went on a couple of negotiation courses and um, booking courses. And I thought, right, I can take this on. Now I handle my own booking. So that might be an option where you get someone else that you trust to handle a particular aspect of your business. I would give a strong warning, which my accountant gave me. When he took me on, he said, I'll do your bookkeeping for you because I can do bookkeeping, but I will not handle your checkbook. I will not sign your checks and I will not want my name to be as a signature for your check. That is a good person because whoever can sign your checkbook and handle your checks, they own your money. And there's a lot of stories of artists who are signed to labels where they just have zero or nothing because the money goes into someone else's name and not theirs and they only realize it afterwards i think um ruby turner interviewed on season two mentioned that from a labor point of view so you might want to check that out also in tony bean's interview in season two 
who's a international record producer and he's worked with a lot of big names like Kelly Rowland talked about label side so if you're interested in that go check that out but as a self-employed person you handle your checkbook you're the signer to the checkbook of course we're doing plastics and online but what I mean is your bank and your checkbook is yours no one else's okay then I think that's it for me today I hope that helps in just having the separation between hobby and business it's down really to the money and how you use your time and if you want to work with other businesses as a hobbyist it's not really going to work if you have any more questions please put them in the chat i will look forward to hearing you and reading from you don't forget if it's the first time here go over to successbeyondthescore.com forward slash free gifts and grab either or both 25 secrets of the gigging musician singer rapper and spoken word artist or 10 reasons why they will pay you before gig day. But of course, if you're interested in any of my other products, I have courses on how to get paid, courses about getting bookings and coaching. That's all on that website too. Tomorrow, I will be looking at videoing. Why you should video record your gigs, giving you some reasons for doing that. If you're already doing it, please listen in. There may be something you'll learn. If you're not doing it, this is something you've got to do, but I'm going to explain all about it tomorrow. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. See you.